ladies and gentlemen from Colonial Heights, Virginia, and all seasons tabletop studio, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, international health and science experts demand a better way, part two. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Are you on your best behavior? I certainly hope so, because I can't turn back now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Undiluted Truth. I am Ben, and without any further delay, let's give a warm welcome to our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing very well, Ben. And you? I am doing wonderful as well. Good. Yeah. I wasn't sure uh, leading up to uh, this particular episode. I Felt like I was uh, running out of a little bit of brain power just based on some other things. Has nothing to do with what we're doing here. But no, good now. Everything's everything's filtered out and right. uh, ready to go. Focusing in on the Better Way Conference uh, with Dell Bigtree and the, the panel that we uh, were covering the last episode. And this is coming to you uh, via, I should say, the highwired.com. It's actually, the actual location is Bath, United Kingdom, and that is Bath as in a bathtub. I don't know, never been there. I can, yeah. can honestly say I've never been to the UK. I have not either. I, You know, that's one place I wouldn't mind going. It, it would have to be a short visit. I tend to like warm places, uh, beaches and that sort of thing. Uh, right, yeah. But I can tell you to, in today's uh, climate, uh, politically and the whole deal, I would not want. I did spend some time in Hawaii before. I loved that place, but you wouldn't catch nice. me uh, yeah. dead in that place now. Because could you imagine with what's going on now and and the fact that if you didn't have your own plane, you could be right. you, you could actually be Gilligan. Uh-huh. Yeah, stuck good. on okay. stuck right. <laughs> stuck on that island. But all kidding yeah, aside, yeah. I I wouldn't I would not mind to go to a couple of areas in the UK. And during all of what has been going on around the world, uh, there are some really interesting people that sort of intrigue me okay. with what they are into and uh, their right. whether it be their profession and and how they're standing up that that I really appreciate. So it would be sort of nice to experience uh, some of their culture and where they came from. So Absolutely. So I am going to shift gears a little bit here, just sort of on the fly. Uh, I, mm. You know how we will All sort right. of pick things up right about where we were before. But I felt like with what was being discussed prior, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to catch that part as well. So I hope that you know that when we get into this we're going to get right in the middle of of Dell sort of uh in full swing right uh, unfortunately but he is getting ready to share his experience of the meeting that he had the opportunity to attend with RFK Jr. okay a, right a few years back on the the children's vaccines mm-hmm. so 
I think that is worth revisiting just for about a minute or so as you know yeah. before we begin. So it sort of sets the stage. Right, right. Uh, anyway, uh, well, quickly, uh, welcome all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers out, out there across this wonderful globe. And we say globe because there's many countries, 30-plus, that uh, uh, mm-hmm. listen in from time to time. Uh, one day maybe we'll meet two or three of them. I don't know. Uh, but speaking of that, I thoroughly enjoyed the event that we attended uh, Sunday. Yeah, that was that was yeah. fun. So r- really interesting, and and we're going to give a, just a little anticipation plug here that uh, we're going to have some really <laughs> interesting guests coming in here live from the studio, and it's exciting. And, and what I liked about it, Ben, was you're hanging sort of with, not that we're bats or anything, but we were hanging with some of the like-minded people and, and people that not only are very passionate about what they're doing, but they're not afraid to stand up for truth. And boy, that really excited me. Yeah, yeah, very well said, yeah. It was nice to see that the, some other people, like in person, that are yes. that are putting out um, basically similar information, or uh, well, very similar information, basically to High Wire uh, th- that we've gotten stuff from and different places. So um, yeah, it was just it was interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not sure if you uh, asked anybody where they were getting their information. I don't know if they were listening to the same places that we do or if they met with those people um, or if those people are within their realms already, you know, like like the doctor. Um, But yeah, it was, it was, it was very fascinating. Yeah. The doctor, I mentioned a few other doctors and experts and she knew who I was talking about. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, that interview, excuse me, and having her on and uh, the other, gal, uh, and I use that term endearingly, that uh, I've mentioned some mm-hmm. uh, platforms and, and news outlets, and she we shared some of those things together, and that was, a, that was a really interesting conversation. But I left there sort of pumped, you know, excited. Yeah. And I think, and we'll say this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get right in, into the, the, uh, the conference here, but I think one of the most exciting things is we're, we will be able to join forces sort of and and be able to attend some live events and really get a temperature of what's going on with the people that are gathering throughout our state and maybe even spreading into, you know, other areas. Yeah. But what a better way to, if you know, there's times that we think, what can we do? What can we do? We met some of the people that have sort of laid out uh, a way that we can kind of make a difference and help get these uh, messages and the truth out. So that right. that's what I'm excited about. And yeah, yeah. it almost is going to force us maybe, just maybe, oh, to, to, oh, no. to do some video. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've been looking forward to that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, once again, we're going to get right here into Dell, and uh, we set the stage already for you, and he's going to be describing a little bit of this uh, this one meeting he was able to have. And uh, I think we're all set. Ready to go, Ben? Ready. All right. Here we go. I'm talking a very uncomfortably long period of science. I silenced before Tony Fauci finally said, 
we don't do placebo studies because it would be unethical. That was the answer. And the idea being, and this is the problem we have with this science, and I'm going to ask you a question how we get around it. The problem being that this belief, as you, I think, have geared in the vaccine, vaccine program, is so powerful that the idea that any new vaccine that comes along, Gardasil is a perfect example, but all those that came before them, we cannot have a placebo group that is not receiving this life-saving measure because it would be unethical for that group to have to live like that. It's the excuse they used once they had emergency use authorization to then vaccinate the entire placebo group, thereby erasing the safety trials of the COVID vaccine. Well, now that anyone can get it, how can you keep this great life-saving measure away from the placebo group? So that's the problem. Mm. And, you know, I'll, I'll ask a question about how to get around that. The second question then, oh, go ahead. How do we get around that, Dr. Robert Malone? Yeah, so we've, this, I, you are dead on. This is a core paradox in the whole vaccine enterprise. Um, this ethical conundrum. I mean, it's kind of like the trolley problem. Uh, and um, we faced it also with the Ebola outbreak. One of the things that the media doesn't ever talk about was my role at the tip of the spear with bringing forward what's now the American Ebola vaccine. And we can use the same kind of strategy. We faced that problem there. How could we ethically test an Ebola vaccine in the context of the West African, initial West African major outbreak? And what was done was a strategy where we would deploy the vaccine, because we didn't have unlimited vaccine, we didn't have unlimited vaccination capabilities. This is always an option at the front edge of deployment of a new product. What we did was vaccinate villages or regions and compare the data to unvaccinated regions that we hadn't yet been able to get to. That's the conundrum. And when you do that, you can look for correlations, shifting of profiles of adverse events, and you can also, with modern data mining, the other way to approach this is good old-fashioned epidemiology coupled with the kind of uh, detailed data analysis that Jessica and her colleagues do. We have yeah. a lot more power now with non-parametric analysis than we ever had before with these statistical tools, and we can pull these data out. What, for instance, people don't realize is that there was a lot of denial about the cardiac risk early on, and it was basically a pirate group uh, outside of the review branch at the FDA working together with an interesting character from a very, very large data analysis firm uh, um, called Oracle, uh, who is their leading biostatistician that used modern non-parametric analysis, a pr approach that the FDA would not fund them to do in a pilot hmm. project that allowed him to detect what was an obvious signal of pediatric cardiotoxicity in the background of virtually no cardiotoxicity. There's some fundamental um, statistical problems um, in doing these kinds of analyses uh, having to do with a multiple, this technical term is multiple imputation. I don't want to go there, but but there are ways to solve that now. And um, so this, the, we are presented with, you know, Tony likes to have it both ways, by the way, as you know. And I can tell you as somebody who's had to deal with him my whole career, this little trick of suddenly breaking the blind 
um, like he's done and intervening in trials. He has done that for decades. Yeah. Mm. The stuff that he does, if I did, I would no longer be allowed to be a clinical researcher. I I'm going to pause it right there, Nate. And there it is. Yeah. Now, yeah, you talk about uh, two sets of laws or two sets of regulations for people. Double standard. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a classic double standard, Ben. And, you know, here's Dr. Robert Malone, and he has followed. I mean, he knows him, you know, through and through. Right. It's different. I mean, you know, I, I liken what he says to some of the things that um, – uh, and I'm trying to think. I'll think of her name here in a second. Isn't that crazy? Sherry Tenpenny? Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, Judy Mikovits? Judy Mikovits, yes. Okay. She's a, yeah, she's the one that was in the lab with him. Yeah, right. Judy. Yes. I, yes. I kept going, uh, Sherry. But <laughs> no, these people know him yeah. through and through. But that little trick he uses, mm-hmm. the breaking of the blind. Right, you know, it destroys all of the the blinds, the double blind studies, or any kind of study when it comes to placebo. They see the thing going haywire, and then they say, "Well, no, it would be unethical to not allow these people to get that." So you you have no control group. They, he does away with it every time. Yeah, and what Doctor Malone is saying is, you can't do that. That's that's totally. That's what's unethical, and it's it. There's charges that should be sought, right? Absolutely. By doing that, it's total misrepresentation, mm-hmm. and you're risking lives. I mean, we're not talking about well, somebody might catch a you know a a virus or something and, and get over it. Yeah, this is life and death. I mean, we we need to remember that. But he didn't say he's done it once or twice. Yeah, and it's, well, it's that's his. Fauci's history, right, and, and and that just brings up a question to me, in my head, like because we're we're kind of talking about children, or we were at the beginning, a little bit. Uh, Dell brought up kids vaccines, sure, in the last podcast, where you know back in the late eighties or or late seventies into the eighties, there was only what did he say, like ten or something like that, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden now it's fifty. Here's a question. How many of those new vaccines was Fauci a part of for your kids where they didn't do a placebo study? Exactly. So how many of those, you know, they don't know if they're side of it. They don't know nothing because they didn't do a placebo study. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that that flashes up in my mind like, okay, so how many of these should be? I mean, essentially, if you didn't do it correctly and didn't do a blind study, they should be yanked. Right. I mean, and, more or and less. people like Robert Malone know this, yeah. And and just think about what we're hearing here. That's now. my opinion, guys. But well, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> that we, they should we, be yanked. We, we don't, um, have, yeah, we don't have any clear evidence of that. But right. you know, it sort of leans hard that way. Mm-hmm. You know, based on his statement that he's been doing this for a long time, as what right. Doctor Malone said. So yeah. that tells us that these things didn't just show up here in the last three years. Right. This yeah. is something that he has done yeah. over and over and over yeah, again. Over. So uh-huh. that that would make you think, well, how far back do we go, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah. So it's his MO. Exactly. So And I think Judy Mikovits even said that. Well, yeah, and and she gets yes. into it really deep and uh-huh. you know, boy, uh this <laughs> this is not going after the 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 no, Fauci, no. but uh 
it is interesting. Yeah. And a stunning, absolutely stunning statement yeah. that if Absolutely. he had done it, he would be yeah. every every credential he has would be yanked and he, he, he may even be charged. Mm-hmm. So there there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So all right, let's continue on here. I would be reprimanded. I would probably lose my license. I would never be allowed to do clinical research again, yet he does it again and again and again. So in mm. sum, there are solutions. There are there are good statistical tools now. There are great data analysts. Jessica is there nodding and and shout out to her, Mm -hmm. but many, many others. She represents a solid discipline that can can pull this data out. Um, And so I think that what we're given is a false dichotomy. Um, And they use it repeatedly. Oh, you can't do that because of the ethical implications. (laughs) But that is not a valid um, argument, okay. in my opinion. Brett, I know you want to speak, but let me, let me forward this a little bit, because to bring people back to that meeting, which is the only time we've ever gotten to sit face-to-face with the individuals that are making the decisions throughout this pandemic, the next question we had beyond why do we not see a placebo group, and they explained because they don't do them, then uh, we presented, through and Robert Kennedy Jr. did a brilliant job, then Let's take the ethical problem out of this. Let's get rid of the prospective study. Why don't we go with a retrospective study? The, C- the CDC is sitting on a database called the VSD, the Vaccine Safety Data Link, that has over 10 million people in it, all of their medical records scrubbed with all of their identification. It's how we do most of our studies, looking how products are working. We said to them, why will you not do a vaccinated versus completely unvaccinated retrospective study using the vaccine safety data link and ask simple questions. We are, by the way, we are the home of Apple in the United States of America, of Microsoft, of Oracle, of these incredible computer learning tools. This could be done so quickly, it's ridiculous. Just section out these two groups, and by the way, have partially vaccinated so we can get around healthy user bias problems. But why don't you, why will you not do, or you know, are you going to do a vaccinated versus unvaccinated study and ask these simple questions? Who has more ADD, ADHD? Who has more flu? Who has more asthma? Who has more cancer? Who has more lupus? Mm. All of these things that we want to say are just correlation, you know, not causation. This study would end this conversation forever. I would not be standing here, neither would Robert Kennedy Jr. Someone explained to me why the answer by the CDC was and by the NIH, we will never do that study. Can I, wow. can I just speak to that briefly? Yeah. Um, I'm going to use the language of my friend Ed Dowd, um, formerly of BlackRock, who's able to point these things out because he's a stock analyst, not a, uh, a scientist. This is presumptive evidence of fraud. Oh. The unwillingness to ask these questions the withholding of these kinds of data in in the world of stock market analysis and analysts. Um, they conclude when they see these things that this is presumptive evidence of fraud. <laughs> and I think that what you know in your heart, what what this means, this unwillingness to do the hard science and ask these obvious questions um, is that they are afraid of the answer. Yep. Bingo. Yeah. Um, Duh. Again, oh, 
Um, one, the answer to your question, Robert is exactly right, it is presumptive evidence of fraud, but it doesn't tell you about the underlying technology. What you have is an entity that doesn't want the answer to the question, because it, what it wants to do is deliver PR in lieu of information. Right? We know that that's what it's doing. It has every reason to do that. But that doesn't mean it's not an indictment of vaccin vaccination in and of itself. And so what we want is exactly that, that evidence. We want to be able to compare vaccinated to unvaccinated. But th this raises a question. We had a discussion here a second ago about um, this question of unblinding. And I've been puzzling over this for a long time. We talk about it. We know what we're getting at. How many people in the audience understand what the game is, what the unblinding trick is? Show of hands. Ah, oh, that's pretty good. What's that, about a third? Yeah, that's pretty good. So, for the rest of you, the trick is that there's an ethical... There's, uh, uh, hopefully you will in a second. If you don't understand it in a second, ask me again. The trick is there is an ethical provision that says if you have a vaccine or a treatment that is so spectacularly great that you know it works like gangbusters and it's safe, then it would of course be unethical to deny people who participated in your trial the benefit of that thing, right? They're participating in your trial, they're entitled to the benefit. So the point is if you can trip that lever, then you can get rid of your control group. And then if it turns out it was good early and bad late, you won't know because there's no control group to follow. Right? All right, so I'm going to pause it real quick there. You, yeah. You yeah. with me? So, no, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, so who, you know, my question would be, and I'm not even sure if, if uh, that's Brett Walensky, I believe that's his last name. Doc, I'm not even sure if he's a doctor. I'm not sure. He is one of the experts. But my question is who, who makes that decision? Yeah, who makes was, that call? Yeah, I was going to say, what what do you have to get to to trigger quote trigger that? Maybe tr he'll get to tr that. Here trigger in a yeah. trigger super uh, 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 like does the healing power? Does the control group have to be sick for you to trigger it, so to speak? I mean, yeah. It, I mean, what's what's is, the? Can you only do it in a pandemic, or can you do it on any disease, no matter when it comes, how it comes, or what? Yeah. So there's, but but my thing is, is not necessarily when and and how but who you have to get emergency use authorization well, well to, when you do no, that, that yeah, when you joke. do that, that was everything else yeah. is just chucked right, out, right, the, right. Yeah, out the window <laughs> so but you know my thing is is who makes that decision and let's yeah. see if they're yeah. getting and and uh i see test uh, dr tess laurie had her hand up so but uh we'll we'll continue this here just had that just struck a nerve with me there right so the point is the pharmaceutical industry is looking to trip that lever because it removes a hazard to its narrative, right? It's a game and it's happening each time here, but it doesn't tell us what the underlying reality of these things is. They don't want the information to exist. Maybe they don't even know it themselves. Can I jump in on this thread? <laughs> so good old Malone. I've spent my whole career dealing with government in the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. I'm highly trained in this. I get it. I've worked for them. I've worked for big pharma. I've worked for Gates companies, blah, blah, blah. The rule is you never ask a question you don't want an answer to. Just as Brett is pointing out, the bias is to never do that study, to never have that data available because it creates risk and it's inconvenient. It's a threat to your business model, <laughs> okay? That is the problem with relying on pharma and the pharma business model 
to do our medical research and to make assessments about safety and effectiveness. And I think most people don't understand that's the process. In the United States of America, when I talk to people, they think the FDA is doing the safety trials and the efficacy trials. They think the CDC is doing the safety trials and the efficacy trials. They do not understand that the safety trials are being done by the same company that's going to make billions of dollars off of it. I'll get to you in a second. Tess, Lori yeah, even wanted just, to speak. It just seems to me we're we just uh, going around in circles of digging too deep into what, you know, into all the things we can't solve. All they care about is money. All pharma wants to do is make money. It's a profit-driven industry. So we need to just say, we, we need to hit them where it hurts. It hurts them to lose money. So let's just not buy their product. Let's say no more injections until, you know, until they've done everything that we want them to do. Um, and, and in fact, if you think about the injections that they are offering us, they are preventive injections. So we don't need them. They're not treating us. Great point. Um, they are for prevention, and, uh, and we're not certain whether they're causing disease. So we need to apply the precautionary principle and say, um, say no more injections, get your act together, and, and we're not going to buy your products. And, um, you know, and, and if our regulatory agencies are... Well, I like that. Yeah. I think yeah. that makes perfect sense. Now, I know that there's some other sides to that because there are one of the, I think the most important things she said is this, it's not just, okay, we're going to stop giving, we're, we're going to stop all vaccines, period, no questions asked. It's not just that. It's the back end of what she said is these things aren't healing anybody. We don't need these things. That's the biggest, that's the most important thing she said. So right. when you look right. at it that way, I'm just kind of opening this up in a different way of she's exactly right. It is all about money. Yeah. And, you know, Malone, I mean, they're all talking about, you know, they're not going to ask the question because they don't want the answer. They know it's going to it's going to destroy what they're trying to do. And and see, how is that? Because I was going to bring it up. Science says you need to ask these questions, period. If you're doing, if you're a good scientist, you ask all the questions, yeah. just like a good engineer has to look at all aspects of what they're creating because they're liable for this product, right? Yeah. So as a good scientist, you should be asking all the questions, in my opinion. And if you don't, if you're in that, situ in, if you're in that profession, to me, that is unethical, well, period. Sure. Absolutely. That is, that is business ethics, and they should be charged because of business ethics. Uh huh. That's my opinion. Well, so, now now I mean, we're, now we're getting into the over seventeen thousand doctors and and professionals that want them charged. Yeah. So, uh, but but I, I mean, not just for the current. I mean, for if they're doing this stuff, if they're not asking the questions and doing their due diligence just because they don't want the answer, that that's bad business ethics. Well, it's 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 that, but it's 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 even worse. It's it's causing lives. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, exactly. exactly. You know, it's not like well, you're you know you're making money hand over fist, you know, selling gasoline. It, it, no, no, this is this is but, but this is this is yeah. information that's causing lives. This exactly. Is, exactly. You know. So you're you're right. You're yeah. Right. What she's saying is, which she didn't come right out and say it, but what she did. In so many words, she's saying, let's hit them where it hurts. Absolutely. Let's stop paying them 
for putting out a product that no one needs. Yeah, right. That's exactly. I mean, it's exactly. cut and dry. Nobody needs it. Exactly. Now, there's going to be some people that are coming that may challenge her by saying, well, it's 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 vaccines, and we need the vaccines, and and vaccines are good, and but you know, let's back up and say no. That's not. she's talking about what is currently happening. Now, now, yeah. we've got two things that have been brought up. Dell's talking about vaccine for children and 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 all of that, and stu- right, right. and studies that could be done. We didn't bring yes. that up. That's that's a great idea because we have the technology to to do that study. Right of unvaccinated to vaccinated and track it all the way back several years to see if autism is 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 definitely part based on that particular study or other things. He mentioned lupus and 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 just you know in general. Yeah. Do these people that get the vaccine are they more sickly and more vulnerable to disease and cancer and so forth? Well, well, my quick question going back to kind of when I mentioned going from like 10 to 50, like Dell said, uh, for children, like who decided that the extra 40 were needed? Are there 40 more diseases that we really have to vaccinate our kids against? Right. Really? Yeah. Or, or is it just money? Well, you see what I'm saying? Well. Be- so <laughs> I, I'm just curious because I don't even know what all those vaccines are for, but I mean, seriously, 50 different yeah. diseases that you got to get your kids vaccinated for. Exactly. Really? Yeah. So, well, anyway. I, and I can't remember. I just saw this the other day, and and I and I'm only going to mention it in generalities because I I don't right. have the exact number, but it was some particular area, and I will do the research and find this. But it was over eighty. Oh, it's over. Yeah, over eighty now. I thought it had gone up. But yes. Yeah. So you're like, are you kidding uh, me? Really? Yeah. You know. But I like this because these are real questions that people want to know. Absolutely. And these are doctors and scientists, and they're the ones that are doing the question and answers to each other. And everyone, yeah. every one of these doctors and experts don't agree lockstep on this topic. So right. ca- counting Dell, you you mm-hmm. have you have Dell, and then you have. Uh, uh, eight. Uh, let me let, let me. Uh, you got two on screen, so you've got Dell and then nine other people as part of the panel. Two are on uh, uh, Zoom. So, okay. but and these are well known uh, people, and I, I'm not going to get into. Right. You, you, you've heard some of them speak, uh, but this is what should be going on with. This whole topic is mm-hmm. this sort of thing. And you know what? I I would hope that someone would have the absolute power to say, you know, we're not purchasing these things anymore. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. where or how you would have to go to that. And unfortunately, now we get into the political world. And that's, right. that's yeah. where we don't want to yeah. go. But doggone it. You know. This is this is where we need to stand, Ben, and and you know we talked about it before the 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 show. It we need to be standing, even if it's for your local government to do the right thing. And and you know yeah. how, how does a movement spread? Well, it's got to start somewhere. Yep. Uh, but I I, I like true. what I'm seeing and hearing, not based on results, but based on the process. Yeah. This is what should happen. Mm-hmm. And and you know what. 
I I hope and pray they don't take their foot off the gas pedal with this. Yeah, keep me it, too. Keep me it too. going. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pause it here, and we're gonna pick. We will pick up uh, the rest of this on the the next episode. So. Hopefully, uh, not hopefully. I mean, this—you don't want to speed through and, and rev through something that's just full of great information. But we'll continue uh, on on this because it is it is important and it does ask the questions that many of us uh, want to hear and many of us have asked ourselves. Right. So, well, let's bow our heads as we close up, Ben. All right, dear Father in heaven, Lord, once again we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the ability to reach others with this information. We thank you for those that are on this panel. We thank you that there are people that their motives are pure. They want to to know the right thing to do, not selfishly, but they want to know what is the best way to do to help their fellow men and women and children. Uh, so we ask for a special protection on all of these that are standing up for truth and standing for your will to be done, essentially. We thank you for those on this panel and all the other outlets, the High Wire and many others that are out there. Uh, We thank you for our listeners and a special prayer on them. And may their hearts and their minds be driven to a point of being a serious rock tumbler, seeking the truth mm-hmm. regardless of the outcome, and help us to maintain that thought process, Lord, and blessings upon them and their families and, and a just massive protection on all of those around the world that are standing for truth. And as we part ways today, we ask and pray that Every intent of thought be pure. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again every Tuesday and Thursday on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, Rock Tumblers, with all of your might, Continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.